0: We men are funny creatures. As men, we don't want to show any chinks in our anemic armor or any sign of vulnerability. We are taught it's a sign of weakness. Stripping ourselves naked in uncertainty and embracing change can be paralyzing, especially when you're white-knuckling your only lifeline. Self-doubt, fear, and who we think We should be one hand over the other and painstakingly slow. We can start to question if we do have the strength. Do we have what it takes? Life can be an honest teacher at times. When you were a young boy, who were your childhood heroes? Mine were the Han Solos, Indiana Jones, the $6 million man, and let's not forget the Incredible Hulk. They all had physical prowess. Sport and physicality has, for me, always been a way to step into, earn, and prove my manhood. When was the last time you felt like a kid? Remember when you would jump on your bike, head out at first light, and spend hour after hour zipping around on your two-wheeled stallion? When we were kids... We hadn't learned how to talk ourselves out of getting some dirt, grime, and grit on our bike. It was more than okay to acquire a little grit and grime. The grit, grime, and a grease tattoo on the back of your leg were a price of doing business, not an indicator of failure and mistakes. Clean and shiny didn't get you very far in my neighborhood, when did we allow ourselves to start substituting clean and shiny and fitting in for adventure and playfulness? Do you know why we were so good at playing and making up our own games when we were kids? We played, created our rules, and we didn't sit around waiting for permission. Our imagination and playfulness was the key to freedom and adventure, not our Garmin, heart rate monitor, or Strava profile. Surprises were always just around the next corner. Funny how 30 years later, these same surprises have now become fucking problems. As kids, we were creative and could solve our own problems. Two shoes instantly became goalposts. You learned at a young age to play against a building. Otherwise, you were chasing that frozen ball more than you were playing hockey. How many variations of tag did you play? We were creative. Hadn't put ourselves in the squeaky clean little box. You can keep your five second rule. It's just a little dirt, grime, and muck. Even after lining up for five Ironman races, I would have to wrestle with that voice that would tell me to stay out of the water because I think I saw a dorsal fin. In fact, I know I saw a dorsal fin. A dorsal fin with an accompanying theme song. Do-doot. Do-doot. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. I think you get the point. Why is it that our fears and insecurities can get the absolute best of us at times? It's not the fear but the chaos I create in my mind that accompanies the fear. My mind does a fantastic job of taking liberty with the details. It paints a picture that starts this spin cycle in my stomach And I can literally feel my heart picking up the pace to the accompanying surge of adrenaline. The more details I paint in the picture, the louder the symphony of chaos and more adrenaline. What happens when this fear isn't real and is only a figment of my imagination? I grew up on the great white north of the Canadian prairies. Imagination and playfulness was my key to freedom. I played on Death Stars, I battled the evil empire. Zipping around on my bike, I would make the jump into light speed. Quick question, did anyone ever want to be Luke? My belt became my trusted bullwhip out in the hay fields, searching for hidden treasures that would lead me to the Lost Ark. Just like Indy, I too hated snakes, so did my best to avoid them. The one creature I couldn't avoid who lived in the depths of my mind was a shark, a shark who devoured all in the sea. Do-doot, do-doot, do-doot. Now you have to remember, I grew up on the Canadian prairies, and there's no ocean around for three provinces. Yet as a kid, I was convinced there were sharks in the lakes. Not just any sharks, but the type that starred in its own movie. The kind of shark that had the power to devour you in the deep end. At the Pan Am swimming pool. Turn my rite of passage into manhood. As a young boy, I would have to swim four lengths of the Pan Am pool to get into the deep end. The three-meter diving tower lived in the deep end. I could make it to the second length before I would tell myself, "This time it's going to be different." Right on cue, the fear and panic would set in. Do doot do doot do doot dun 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 dun. What the fuck just brushed against my leg? Was that a dorsal fin or an arm off to my left? Don't pee in the water. It attracts sharks. Sharks, at least the kind that live in my head, can smell pee, fear, and know exactly how far I swam out from the edge of the pool. I carried this fear of man-eating sharks with me into my 30s. At 37, I lined up for my first Ironman race. Never mind the sheer enormity of the day, a 3.8-kilometer swim, 180-kilometer bike, and then let's finish it with a 42.2-kilometer run. I had worked myself up into such a tizzy that I was convinced there were a few man-eaters out on the swim course waiting for me. Cunning. Baffling. Powerful gremlins who would wait until the third boy before they made their move. Why the third boy? Don't your steaks taste better when they've been marinated just a little bit longer? As I looked out into the sea before the start of the swim and the first swim boy being swallowed by this sea, I told myself, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Man up. Be a man. Now, I don't know about you, but I found whenever I try to shame myself, shame is not an effective motivator. In fact, I don't get very far when I start smacking myself with the shame stick. I told myself listen, man, you don't have to outswim Jaws. You just got to outswim that person next to you. Change is possible. It's a little messy, won't feel right. In fact, it feels not right. But isn't that the inherent nature of vulnerability? You have to have a little fun with those messy feelings and insecurities. Here's a little tidbit. Both fear and excitement elicit the same physiological response from the body. What would happen if you started to get excited about what scares the shit out of you? Let those dorsal fins excite you. Have you ever run an all-out 50-meter sprint? How easy was it to come to a dead stop at the finish line? A full sprint to immediate stop is next to impossible. Why fight momentum, physics, and your physiology? When you are redlining, how easy is it to calm down? I'm sure it's something I've told myself a hundred times. Calm down. Calm down. Okay, so why then am I not calm and in fact feel more uncalm? Use your physiology, the surge of adrenaline, and racing heart to your advantage. Get excited about what scares the shit out of you. Last year I was doing a joint talk at with a charismatic Thai friend. Instead of doing the usual I speak English, he translates into Thai, parrot routine, we decided to weave his story into our conversation to really grab people's curiosity and imagination. Gon talked about how he walked away from a guaranteed job in security to follow his dream of becoming a photographer. He left the safe insecure guaranteed sure thing to put an even bigger wager on himself we practiced and practiced and we were in sync he absolutely nailed it now you need to remember that english is his second language and he got up in front of the audience he exposed his raw nakedness And exposed his huge stones. He even took it so far as halfway through our conversation. As we were getting interactive with the audience. I tell the story of. When I ran a lap around Phuket Island. And how the toughest part for me. Was the last kilometer. The toughest part for a lot of us. Is that last kilometer. I ran past my house. And that voice. I think we all have that same voice, that angel on one shoulder, that devil on the other. That voice said to me, Darren, 119 kilometers is good enough. My question to you is, at what temperature does water boil? Oh, 100 degrees Celsius. What happens at 98 degrees, 99 degrees? Sweet fuck all. It's up to us to find that one degree for success. So I'm telling the exact same story. Gone out of nowhere, interrupts me, says something in Thai, I have no idea what he says, and then translates it into English. He looks at me and asks me, why didn't you just take a fucking bus? Gunn was so nervous before this talk and later he told me that he was given a little piece of advice and I don't think this advice helped him at all. I think it's advice we've all been told. If you are nervous before public speaking, just do this. Just what? Picture your audience naked. Now, do you honestly think that you are the only one who can take a little liberty with the details and think that that shoe is going to drop? Gon thought about the advice, and then the hamsters started running a little faster. Picture your audience naked. Now, at this point, I think smoke is starting to come out of his ears. Picture your audience naked. His next best thought was what happens if I get a boner? Now that's really getting excited about what scares the shit out of us. When these bouts of fear and insecurity are in my rearview mirror, I find it's a lot easier to see life's lessons. Trudging through the prickly thorns of growth and facing a few wobbles with her teetering headwind, courage, and strength has always come on the prickly thorny path, on the road less traveled as per Scott Peck, nose out in the wind battling that headwind. When I'm half measuring my way down the road and coasting on my laurels, that's when I start to rely way too much on cruise control and an old experience. An old experience is me still getting high off my own supply, doing what I've always done, hoping against hope that it doesn't lead me once again Smack-dab into an ineptness of self-reliance. Smack-dab into a wall of my own bullshit. Isn't a real man a testament to a rugged individualism? Pull himself up by his own bootstraps? Honesty comes in many shapes and sizes, and it isn't a fuzzy-wuzzy cozy t-shirt. We can stuff honesty in the closet with the rest of our skeletons and shadows hoping it doesn't pop out and scare the absolute shit out of us. Cocaine and alcohol were not my problem. They were a solution to my problem. My predicament is myself, my new drug of choice. Let's get past this bullshit that somehow had a choice in the whole matter. Once again, that self-reliance leading me down that path. My new drug of choice is radical honesty. Now there's a real mind-altering state. Here's a little radical honesty. Last week, I attempted an Everest challenge on a stationary trainer. The goal was to raise enough money to sponsor one class and 10 students at Phuket Has Been Good to Us Foundation. An Everest challenge is climbing 8,846 meters all in one day. We decided that we would do this challenge on a stationary trainer using a Wahoo Kicker and Zwift software. The computer and software would simulate the same grade out on the road. For example, a 5% grade equals more resistance on the trainer, 13, 15% grade, and the legs are mashing a big climb. The location was crucial. I picked Soi Taed here on Phuket, a.k.a muscle road. It's notorious in the fitness and wellness industry, gym after gym, and lots of extremely fit people. We had bikes with us so people could jump on board with us for 30 minutes and donate and get active and be a part of this massive ripple effect we were creating for these disadvantaged students. I reached out to the cycling community on the island and over 50 people came out in the middle of the day in the heat and humidity of the tropics to jump on board. All ages, all abilities, but all committed to making a difference and to be useful. The hair on my arms stood up at full attention. I had 15 tri-geeks from the British International School Triathlon Academy come out and ride with me. I had a 78-year-old legend, Kurt, who came out and rode 30 minutes with me out in the sun and the heat. After 18 and a half hours and 6,000 meters of climbing, my body was sending me signals that it was done. My power was decreasing and my heart rate was skyrocketing. I was done. Now, in the past, my immediate synaptic reaction would have been, get back on the bike you fucking pussy. You still have something to prove. Don't let them see you fail. One of the lessons I learned about all my Ironman experiences was that I was really still trying to outswim, outbike, and outrun myself. I wasn't the ex-snowblower and pissy-pants alcoholic. I was an Iron Man. A real man. So fuck you, take a look at my tattoo. What I failed to realize, that I was still chasing the dragon, but this time with shaved legs and a tight arrow position. At what point does awareness bypass into apathy? when I bypass responsible action. If only I could be a perfect little angel all the time. If only. You know, fairness is not the issue. How can you have any ownership and stand in your presence, strength, and humility as a man if you have not taken any responsibility? Just because we have crossed that magical line in the sand doesn't mean it's happy ever after. In fact, it's messy some days along the long, hard road. Have I misled myself into this notion that I don't have to keep working on my shit? Two years ago, Insider Asia magazine once asked me, what is strength? My response? Strength is an annealing process. A samurai sword goes through a process of extreme heat to extreme cold. Extreme heat to extreme cold. Over 1,300 times to free it from internal stress. It's a process and at times can feel so painstakingly slow. I want that immediate gratification, that instant hit, the cosmic snap of the fingers. When everything will be better. Better than what? I'll let you figure that out for yourself along the long, hard road.